Tappers, happy Friday. It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope you have a good weekend on the books. It's going to be awesome weather here in Wisconsin. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about how the NBA will survive and be okay without some of their premier teams. Uh, We'll talk about that as the Lakers bow out of the NBA playoffs. We will also chat about our Brooklyn Nets hate list, what we hate about Brooklyn. It's a fun little segment uh, for number two. Number three, the Brewers' offense. Are they Aramis Ramirez? I'll get into that and explain what that means. Um, I think I say it's, is it an Aramis Ramirez summer uh, is the term I use. And then lastly, we'll talk about why I can't get that fired up for any Packer news at this point. Uh, so we'll, we'll do all of that today. Big show on a Friday, giving you guys what you need But let's start with the association. Let's start with the Los Angeles Lakers and how it pertains to the Milwaukee Bucks. So originally, I had this idea, I don't know, halfway through yesterday. um, You know, I think about podcast ideas all the time. Like, I wouldn't say all the time. I should maybe walk it back. I think about it a lot. And if something pops in my head, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this as the as the show, especially with the Daily Tap, because it's, it's hard sometimes to find topics. So I thought about it and I was like, all right, well, if both Los Angeles teams bow out, that's terrible news for the Bucks because the referees are going to be hell-bent in making sure that the league gets a good finals and it gets a, a finals that is worth talking about. And then you know what I said? I said, fuck that. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be the one who blames the referees, who says the refs are completely in the bag. Let's wait and see. Maybe that's a topic if Brooklyn is just outpacing the the refs with with what's going on. But I'll also note, with the way the internet is, there is no way that the internet is going to stand for that. There are people out there who will call that shit out. You cannot really do a 2001 NBA or 2002 with Milwaukee getting absolutely screwed in their series against Philadelphia, where if Allen Iverson hit the deck... Every fucking foul was called. Or 2002 with the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. Like that type of shit would not happen in today's NBA because there we are so online and NBA Twitter is a thing. And sometimes I think it's overdone, but NBA Twitter would not allow that to happen. So then I was like, you know what? This isn't, it isn't about the refs. It's about the NBA looking to survive without some of their cash cows. And I think they can do it. I look, I think this is actually good for the NBA. I will zag here. I think this is good for the NBA. The NBA has other teams to talk about. And Max Kellerman had some shitty tweet yesterday, which I blogged about, you know, oh, the league must hate the fact that they're going to get a Denver-Utah conference finals or a Utah-Milwaukee NBA finals. Well, go fuck yourself, Max, first and foremost. But second of all, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be mad. They are introducing new teams to the stratosphere. And who knows if any of these teams become dynasties. Look, the NBA is built on dynasties. I understand that. The NBA does not have parity. The NBA is not like the NFL where any given team could end up in the, the Super Bowl. And it's very rare to see a team repeat. It's very rare to even see a team come back to the Super Bowl. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were the first, what, to do that since the New England Patriots of 2003 and 2004. 
So it, it's oh no 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 Seattle Seahawks did it Seattle Seahawks did it in 2014 and 2015. But regardless, that was eight years ago. It, it just does not happen in the NFL. It really doesn't happen in baseball either. You see similar teams like the Dodgers have been so around and things like that. There's a little more dynastic, you know, capabilities with basketball or baseball. Excuse me, hockey is the same way as football, where it's any given team. It seems like. So basketball is built on dynasties. It's been that way throughout time, right? We had the the Celtics and the Lakers of the 80s. We had the Detroit Pistons for a short little stint. We had the Chicago Bulls for all of the 90s. The Rockets, I mean, that's the kind of the crazy thing. The two years Jordan left, one team assumed the role of Michael Jordan. It was the Houston Rockets. No one else won a title. So it was literally two teams in the 90s. And then after Jordan left, it became the Lakers. There was a little bit of a period, you know, you had the Spurs year for that one in the lockout year, but then it became the Lakers. Then it became Shaq and Kobe, and they won three titles. And then the Detroit Pistons had their run, and the San Antonio Spurs started to, to cook. Like, the fact of the matter is, is like we have always had dynasties in basketball. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is changing. These are new dynasties starting that could start, or we are entering an era of parody. And it's very possible that parody could happen. And it's very possible that we are going to see different teams pop up because a, yeah, there is one super team, the, the possibility for a dynasty. Well, let's start parody first and then we'll talk dynasty because there's just so much talent in the league. And I think it was Shaq yesterday who said, like, the NBA is new generation is here. Devin Booker, Trey Young, all these young guys are coming through and making statements. And they are telling Donovan Mitchell is another one. Nikola Jokic, MVP year, follows it up by advancing the second round and embarrassing Portland down the stretch at Portland's home gym. And where I think Terry Stotts is probably going to lose his job. He should. I mean, that was pathetic from Portland. But it was an MVP effort from Jokic. And so now Denver, it, Jokic is carrying this Denver team that is a ragtag bunch. But I'm not going to count them out against Phoenix. So it, it's just springing new parity. And then you look at the East. You have more of a chance for a dynasty in the East. The East has three teams that could easily be the start of a dynasty. Let's start with our Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. You're like, Charlie, you're a local podcast. How are you starting in this more national? You haven't even touched on the Bucks. Well, look, sometimes it, it feeds in and sometimes it's the, it's the start and then that's where we go. The Bucks could start a dynasty this year. This could be the start of the Bucks dynasty. The Bucks have everybody under wraps for the next, I believe, four years at least. That everybody is there. There is no reason why the Milwaukee Bucks could not start a dynasty this year and become an awesome team for the next, the first part of the 2020s. And the Bucks win, let's say, two or three titles in that time, and they are the new dynasty. They are the new Lakers slash or LeBron. It really is LeBron. They're the new LeBron, or they're the new Golden State Warriors, and that's and that's what the Bucks are. It is very possible that that is what the Milwaukee Bucks have in front of them. I'll also argue, and I know people are going to hate this because it's kind of my MO when the Packers lose. The Bucks are not required to win this year. 
The Bucs are not in a must-win situation. They have a large window. As long as they don't get swept or get beat in five and they don't get embarrassed by Brooklyn, they're fine. If this goes six or seven and the Bucs lose you know, a very tight series to Brooklyn, I don't think anybody's going to be shaking their dick. You're going to say, oh, Giannis, another second-round exit, but that's, that's a false narrative because if you really look at it, and we've talked about it this week, the Bucs and the Nets is the NBA Finals. That really is the NBA Finals. And if you really want to take it a step further in this parody versus dynasty thing, it is the battle for who has the dynasty. What dynasty starts? And is it the Bucks or is that Brooklyn Nets team? And the Brooklyn Nets team, I, the shelf life is a little, I think it's actually sim- similar in terms of the Nets could be the next great dynasty in the NBA. And they would defy logic of all the things we know about the NBA because of the the how many how long they've been together, the first year coach. It would just there's a lot of things that would be sort of defying the norms if Brooklyn becomes a dynasty. But it's possible. It's definitely on the table. And then Philadelphia, who we haven't really talked about, and I do think there's a little bit of nobody believes in us in Philly. But probably for good reason, because Philly, Embiid's hurt. And Embiid has a a torn meniscus. And if Embiid can't go, I think Atlanta's going to give them a series. I think it's going to be a really tough series. Now, I do think a lot of people are getting high on their own supply with Atlanta because they beat a bad New York team. And I've discredited Atlanta a little bit. But you got to realize, like, Ben Simmons and Matisse Steibel are two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. They had no answer for Trey Young was awesome against New York because New York had no answer for Trey Young. Those guys can just be in Trey Young's ass the entire series. So I do wonder is that is that going to be a factor? Now they do have Bogey, they do have DeAndre Hunter who's starting to feel it. They do have Clint Capella inside who's kind of having a renaissance in his own right. So yes, maybe Atlanta does give them a series, but I don't think Atlanta is the start of a dynasty. Atlanta's like a year or two away from being like, maybe this team is the next great team. But Philly definitely has that dynasty capability, right? They have Simmons, they have Embiid for multiple years. This could be the start of their dynasty. So if anything, the NBA is in a transitional period and they're going to survive. This is going to be okay for the league. Yeah, will the ratings be shit this year? Yeah, but they might have already been. Look, the NBA has to find a way to get back their older viewer. The older viewer does not want to talk about politics. I know the league is okay with it, and I have no problem with it. I'm not I'm not saying stick to sports. Like, don't, don't get that twisted. Don't put that in, in the atmosphere. But what I'm saying is there are so many people who are of the older generation, Gen Z, or not Gen Z, excuse me, Gen X, or the baby boomers, who don't want politics in sports. The NFL has done everything they can to get the politics out of sports. And guess what? They fucking thrive this year. And that's what the NBA should be doing. Now, I don't know if they can put that genie back in the bottle because they've already let it out. I think it's kind of inevitable that it's going to continue that way. But the league is going to get killed. And so if the league doesn't promote it, maybe that helps. I don't know. But they they need to kind of refocus because the NBA is going to get some bad ratings this year. It's just going to happen. 
And I don't know where where that goes. But the fact of the matter is, is it's all right that there is a new dynasty in town. And it, it can be good for the league because there are a new generation of fans who maybe become Giannis fans. Or maybe they become Donovan Mitchell fans. Or Devin Booker. Or Trey Young. Or... They, you know, they latch on to Kevin Durant and I would assume they're already fans, but who knows? Maybe they haven't watched KD. Maybe they're just getting into basketball. KD has not been around for a couple of years because of an injury. So who knows? But it's going to be very fascinating to see this playoffs because it is wide open. I would say if you had to ask me today, gun to my head, what is the NBA Finals? I would say it's Milwaukee, Utah, which would terrify me because Utah is... A bad matchup for the Bucks. It has been for a long, long time. But I would say Utah Milwaukee would be my NBA Finals. Um, if I had to rank the the Western Conference, just because why not? We did it, I think, on a podcast before. I would probably go Utah, Denver, Phoenix, Dallas, Los Angeles. I, I don't think LA is winning tonight. I think Dallas is going to take care of it, win Game Five, Game Six, and it's going to be over. Um, it. And also, too, just really quickly, for those who are like, oh, the national media, yada, yada, fucking jerk-off motion. There have been years where the conference finals just does not have any premier teams. It happens. I was looking up 1995 when it's the last time you had the um, teams win on the road like we had in Dallas and L.A. And that the conference finals that year were the Rockets and the Spurs. And the Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers. Now, I did have Shaq on Orlando. But, again, I mean, that's not that's not that great, right? I guess Shaq kind of propels it. But I'd argue, why can't Giannis be Shaq? But anyways, I'll get off my high horse. Let's move on to our Brooklyn hate list. All right, let's move on to a very fun topic. A topic that I was... Thinking about yesterday, and Mitch didn't spark it, actually, weirdly enough. But Mitch had said to me, "Is the are the Brooklyn Nets the most hated team in basketball right now? Like, are they the most hated team in the NBA playoffs? And I said, yes, I think they are. And I started to go on a little bit of a tangent there, and then I stopped myself. And I said, Mitch, I want to do this Brooklyn hate list. I thought about some of this yesterday and all of the things I hate about Brooklyn. It's a Friday show. We've already talked about the Bucks Nets obsessively this week. So let's just fucking lay back, have a little fun, talk about all the things that we hate about the Nets, and hopefully everybody joins our side. All right. So this list is in no particular order. Number one, the Nets have played 10 games together. I think they've now played 15. Congratulations. But the big three in Brooklyn have played 15 games together. That's not a basketball team. That's just like a bunch of buddies that get together at a pickup game. Like these are very talented buddies, don't get me wrong. But like 15 games together, that's fucking nothing. That's not a team. That's an individual, individuals, man. Like they are not a team. And I think that infuriates people. And I talked about this on the show yesterday, so I won't repeat myself too much. But I think anyone who is above a millennial like can't stand it. And I think anyone who's a TikToker in that younger generation is fine with it because they just like the highlights. They've watched them on 2K. They've probably fantasy draft these guys. So it doesn't matter to them. But for all of us who've watched, grew up with Jordan, who grew up at least with Kobe and Shaq, who had little super teams here and there, 
they at least like melded together. Like Chris Bosch was on Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and Chris Bosch said, like, look, we had a full year together. Like these guys have played 15 games together. There, there is no team chemistry, and I, I think the fact they've they've had not dealt with adversity adversity is going to be a big deal. But it makes them really dislikable. It makes them easy to hate. Like that that gives you that open open door. James Harden, he's been a fuck with Giannis for a couple years now. If you, people forget that James Harden and Giannis had a rivalry, James Harden thought that he deserved Giannis's first MVP, and he definitely did not. Like that was not his MVP. I don't know what James Harden was smoking. He was so far in his ass that he thought he was better than Giannis that season, and it was only really because James Harden scored a bunch of points and he was able to score at will against a lot of teams, not the Bucks, who Mike Budenholzer, as you've remembered, put him in a locker. So James Harden though thought that he deserved an MVP. MVP. I have no love for James Harden. I do not like James Harden. Kyrie Irving, you know, here's the thing with Kyrie Irving. I feel like Kyrie Irving thinks that the world hates him. Kyrie Irving thinks that everybody hates his guts. It's not really true, right? Like his peers love him. Like anything you hear about Kyrie Irving, he is beloved by, you know, NBA players. NBA players have the utmost respect for Kyrie Irving. But as for the fans, I think Kyrie's antics are annoying, right? Like Kyrie Irving thinks of himself so highly. Like Kyrie Irving thinks of himself as this sort of generational cultural leader and he just fucking isn't. I think someone said it last week and I apologize for not crediting them, but Jalen Brown is the person that Kyrie Irving thinks he is. Like that is exactly correct, right? Jalen Brown has said, said some of the most impactful things as an NBA player throughout the last, gosh, year and a half now, right? And Kyrie Irving tries to bring that same energy and it just isn't there. Kyrie is perpetually annoying. There's nothing really fun to like about Kyrie Irving. In a lot of ways, I, I kind of think Kyrie Irving's an overrated player. If Kyrie Irving did not have that shot in game one to beat the Golden State Warriors, it might not be, it was a game one? I think it was game one. If Kyrie Irving did not hit that shot, if Kyrie Irving does not have the finals moments with LeBron James and wins a title with LeBron James, do we think of Kyrie Irving the same way? I think Kyrie has a LeBron bump that has always been there. Yet Kyrie Irving really hasn't done shit without LeBron James. He hasn't even got to a conference finals. So before we, we anoint Kyrie, let's at least get to the conference finals first, my guy. All right? So that's another thing to really dislike about, about Kyrie, about the Brooklyn Nets. Another thing to put on your hate list is the fact that Brooklyn doesn't have any fans. They have a lifeless fan base. They are the East Coast Clippers. They might have a little more of a fan base because there is that Nets angle. But if you're a New Jersey Nets fan, do you really cheer for the Brooklyn Nets? I don't know. It, what, how does that work? Can someone explain it to me? But as people had said who lived in New York, look, nobody gave a single fuck about the Brooklyn Nets. All they cared about was the New York Knicks and how well the Knicks were playing. Now, the Knicks had a gentleman sweep, did not play well against the Atlanta Hawks, but everybody cared about the Knicks. No one gave a flying fuck about this Nets team, even though they have three of the biggest stars in the NBA. No one cares. How can you really respect a team that ha does not have a fan base? They don't. Brooklyn Nets fans don't exist. People who are Nets fans are either Kyrie fans 
Harden fans, Rocket fans who are masochists and don't blame James Harden for wanting out. Like, if I was a Rockets fan, I would hate James Harden. But there's a section of Harden fans out there who were Rockets fans and are now Nets fans. Like, those people are sick. That, to me, is like, I can't believe you let a guy just do that to you. Like, in, in a lot of ways, I'm like, are you sure? Like, you're not a cuck? Like, do you have, like, a Derek? Like, is there somebody who fills that role for your significant other because that's what Rockets fans are like with James Harden like they should not cheer for James Harden James Harden should be Judas to Rockets fans yet somehow he isn't which is fucking incredible and then there are KD fans as well uh, who were Warriors fans in the past now they're Brooklyn Nets fans that is the Nets fan base it is fan bases of those guys it's not that there has been lifelong Brooklyn Nets fans there's no real buzz about this team, and they are in one of the largest markets in the city, or the country, excuse me. Riddle me that. So that's another thing that's like about the Nets. Blake Griffin. I love Blake Griffin on part of my take. I think Blake Griffin's one of the best part of my take guests. He's awesome. He gives great insight. I really like his attitude. I think I could hang out with Blake Griffin, and I think we'd have a cool relationship. Probably not. I think I might be too over the top for him. But on the basketball court, the guy fucking sucks. He is dirty. He tries to tries to do things, just get away with it. He's the, he's the worst, man. I'm I I said it before. I think people are going to just hate Blake Griffin by the end of this. I also don't like Timothy Loa Cabaret. I said his name right yesterday on the podcast, but TLC. Look, he's fucking French. He would definitely steal my girlfriend, and he's hurt the Bucks in meaningless games before so i gotta put tlc on the hate list i don't put deandre jordan on that hate list because the bucks can score at will with deandre jordan so i welcome deandre jordan joe harris not on the hate list yet but if joe harris has one game to sink the bucks and we're starting to say all right is this guy like the new jay crowder the new fred van vliet then i hate joe harris too but we're not there yet with joe harris so joe harris has some room to grow i don't really like mike d'antoni um I don't know. Just he, he. It feels like for years Mike D'Antoni ran a Mickey Mouse offense that really couldn't get far, further than the conference finals, and I still contend that. And we'll see if that that is the case. But yeah, those are the few things that I do not like about the Brooklyn Nets. It should be a great series. I cannot wait for it. Tomorrow, uh, we'll have a reaction pod on Monday. Um, just recapping everything. It might come up early. If I can get my ass in gear and do it Sunday Sunday late afternoon after the Brewers wrap up, I would love to do that for you guys so you have it a little early. You can start your week off right. Uh, first full week back probably for a lot of people. Um, so, yes, it, it's going to be a hell of a battle. I expect it to be a war. I, I said it yesterday. I'll say it here. I think the Bucks have a chance to blow out the Nets in game one. It would not surprise me if they catch the Nets a little off guard. I actually think the Bucks are going to win this game. I probably by like seven or eight. I just, I feel like this is going to be a game where the Bucks matchup against the Heat is going to play into this one. The Nets aren't going to be entirely ready and prepared. And I think the Bucks catch them. And I think the Bucks take game one, which means that they control the home, home court of this series. As for the Milwaukee Brewers, so the Milwaukee Brewers have come to life in the last two games. Now, they did lose to the Detroit Tigers 10-7, but they scored seven runs. And then tonight, they also scored seven runs in a 7-4 victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was a good win for the Brewers. They did not really 
pitch that well. Brett Anderson struggled. Devin Williams had some struggles. But the Brewers brought out their big bats. Jackie Bradley Jr., Luis Urias, Avisel Garcia hit a fucking tank. 464, good God. And Christian Yelich, first home run at AmFam. Called his timing horse shit after, after the game. And who knows if the light is kind of coming on for Christian Yelich. But it looked really smooth off his bat. 107.9 exit velo for Yelly. And Yelly seems like he's trying to turn the corner. It seems like we're getting closer and closer to a Christian Yelich hot streak. And so what this has me wondering, the Brewers offense, are they Aramis Ramirez? Are they just going to have an Aramis Ramirez year? And for those who are unfamiliar with Aramis Ramirez, actually in the news right now, because Bob Brenly not, not had some great comments recently, um, but Aramis Ramirez was classically known for being dog shit for the first two months of the year. Aramis Ramirez just could not hit. And it blew my mind that they would still bat him like fifth. Like there was no reason Aramis Ramirez should have been batting fifth the first two months of the year. He was perpetually bad in April and May. And then in June, famously June 1st was known as Aramis Ramirez Day. And then he would just turn it the fuck on. And there would be no hotter hitter than Aramis Ramirez for like three months. He would be on fire. As the weather got warmer, Aramis Ramirez got better. And so I'm kind of wondering, is that the Milwaukee Brewers offense? Like, are they just going to have an Aramis Ramirez summer? Is that what we're sort of gearing towards? Because I think it's on the table. And it's not just the warm weather, right? Maybe it's just everyone's healthy. I know Lorenzo Cain now down with an injury. Colt Long hurt his oblique, and it's like, here we go again. And Colt Long, real quick on this, like, can we work on some better, like, ab workouts? Can you make sure you're stretched out here with your obliques? Like, what are, what's going on that you keep fucking hurting your ab muscles? Are your abs just too sweet? Like, are they too good? Like, let's, let's figure something out there, bud. But anyways, the, the Brewers have obviously found something in their offense in the last few sort of weeks. We've seen it. They haven't really had a lot of lifeless efforts um, in their offense. I mean, there have been a few bad games right here and there, but that's that happens. Like, that's baseball, right? You're not going to be putting up a 10 spot every time you're you're out on, out on the field. So the Brewers getting back-to-back games of seven runs is really impressive stuff. Christian Yelich starting to feel it would be great. Jackie Bradley Jr., if he could get hot, that'd be ideal. Look, Luis Urias has six home runs this season. He's 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 doubled his career high. He he's at least an interesting bat. And if he's at second base, that mitigates some of the error concerns I think you have with him. And maybe, maybe Urias can kind of be a threat on offense. Yeah, I mean he is a threat, right? He's had six home runs. And that's a different player than what was there in 2020, where you worried about Arcee and Urias in the lineup at the same time, because you're like, that's two outs right there. Adamas has hit the ball really nicely. Didn't do much today. He Did he play? He, he was a non-factor. But regardless, like now Adamas and Urias is not a bad little combination. And if you have Urias hitting sixth or seventh, like that's fine. And obviously, Garcia is an all-star. I've said this, uh, I think, a few times. I don't know if I've said it on a podcast. I've definitely said it in personal life. Like, obviously, Garcia should be an all-star. Like, he's having that good of a season right now. He is the catalyst for this Brewers offense. And if Christian Yelich can get going, then all of a sudden, the Brewers become really hard to beat. 
And then if they're pitching around Yelich, that means that Adamas is, th- is thriving because they don't want to deal with Yelich and Garcia back-to-back. And you can kind of have a next-generation Ryan Braun Prince fielder. Little touchy subject if you know the Garcia fielder relationship, by the way. Um, that was unintentional. I realized after I said it, I was like, fuck, that is not great. But I'm not I won't divulge into that. But if you Google it, it's very easy to find. It's messy, it is real housewives-esque. Um, but yeah, another story for another time. Anyways, Garcia is playing like a machine. And yes, if Yelich gets hot, man, the, the sky is the limit. And this is a weekend to get hot. You're facing an Arizona team that's not very good. You have hot, hot weather Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the ballpark. It is going to be very warm. And when it is warm at Miller Park and everything is open, the ball fucking flies. It goes out of here. So yes, the Brewers pitcher is going to need to be on their A game. Now you have Adrian Hauser going to, tomorrow. Who is the ground ball guy? Um, Freddie Peralta, a little bit of both. Brandon Woodruff's just just a phenom. So you don't have to worry about Woodruff. But if you can kind of get the first three games and then have house money for Woody in game four, that's ideal. You should win three out of four, though, against this Dimebacks team. This Dimebacks team is bad. So I usually am saying, ah, you get a split. That's okay. I think a split against this Dimebacks team is disappointing at best. So they, they need to do a little bit more than just a split. Now, I know Hauser pitched a couple days ago, so who knows where he is from that capacity and if that's going to be a burnout factor and you're going to have to trust the bullpen a little bit more than you would like. We'll see. Um, I think Hauser is still scheduled to start. Let me double check. Let me fact check that. Yeah. Oh, no. They are starting Freddie Peralta tomorrow. Hauser on Saturday. So they flipped that. So we got Peralta tomorrow, which is great. A little Friday night Freddie. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with a little Friday night Freddie. But yeah, this Brewers team, man, they have they have what it takes to get really hot here down the stretch. Last topic, let's let's do four today, right? We why not, right? Let's we're rolling. Let's let's just do a fourth topic. I, real quickly on the Packers. So the Packers there've been a lot of smoke around Jordan Love and his checkdowns. I think I'll probably write something on Soltap WI today about it. Like it doesn't really matter. We shouldn't be dissecting guys in June. That that is a a practice that just doesn't get you very far. It's fucking June. They're in shorts. They're playing their their teammates. Like there's nothing that really should be taken away from June. What matters is what the coaches say. If Matt LaFleur is like, yeah, we still got a long way to go with Jordan Love, that'd be a little concerning. But the fact that Paul uh Nathaniel, not Paul's his dad, Nathaniel Hackett said, Hey, look, Jordan Love is progressing and Jordan Love is developing. Like that, that matters way more than the fucking checkdowns. And then, you know, Adam Stefanik saying Ben Braden could be a starter for the Packers. He's going to compete for right tackle. That stuff matters. But the checkdown stuff does not matter at all. But I don't know about you guys, but I have a really hard time listening to Packer news at this point. And I don't know what it is. I think a lot of years I would be excited. I'd be ready to get this season started, especially with the roster they have. I'd be like, oh my God, we you know we should win a Super Bowl. Maybe we at least get to one. Tampa, who knows? Maybe they fall off, a little bit of a hangover, a little bit of a Tom Brady finally looks his age sort of thing. Who knows? Look, look what's happening with LeBron. You never know, right? Maybe this is the year that Tom Brady finally falls apart before even the playoffs get here. Who knows? But 
I can't get excited about anything. I, I just can't right now. With the Aaron Rodgers stuff, until I know, until I have an answer with Aaron Rodgers, I can't really think about next season. I love what A.J. Dillon said, that they are the best tandem. They could be the best tandem in the league, him and Aaron Jones. I love that comment. But guess what? I can't get too excited about it. I can't get too excited about Ben Braden. I can't get excited about Mari Rogers, who I believe Matt LaFleur mentioned today, yesterday. Because I don't know what this quarterback situation looks like. And until I know don't until I know that, I can't give you like my gusto on any of these topics. Like I, I the love topic, sure. And I you know you're like, well, you're contradicting yourself because you've already done three or four minutes on the Packers. Well, yes, true, but what I'm saying is like there's a level of excitement that you get with the Green Bay Packers and, and really any of the NFL teams. And when you're in limbo with your best player, it leaves you feeling like, eh, where where do we go from here? And so I don't know where the Packers are with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and he shows up to minicamp on Tuesday, I'm going to be like, all systems fucking go. Here we go. Let's make this work. Let's make this happen. Last dance time. All Push the chips all the way in. I'm 100% there. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't come, then we just continue to wait. And we'll wait and wait and wait. And then if in August Aaron Rodgers announces I'm not playing football this year, taking a year off, I'm opting out as we are to all of 2020, then it's Jordan Love time. And then we get ready for Jordan Love. And I think I said on Daily Tap Wednesday that I believe this Packer team has enough talent to be a playoff team with Jordan Love. I truly believe that. I think they do. I think, obviously, the room for error is a lot smaller because Jordan Love is a rookie, basically a rookie quarterback. It's his first year, but it's going to be a trial by fire. And they do not start easy for the Green Bay Packers. So we'll just have to wait and see. But it's hard for me to really get all in on Green Bay right now because of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe it helps that the Milwaukee Bucks are in the playoffs, they look like a championship team, and my focus is diverted there. Or maybe it's that the Milwaukee Brewers are good enough to keep me interested every night, right? And so I don't even have to worry about the Packers. I can say, all right, go go hang out in the corner. Until like this Aaron Rodgers stuff breaks, we can then talk. All right, but until then, go sit in the corner. Don't do anything creepy. That's for my real ones. There is an old inside joke there. There are maybe less than 10 people who get that joke, but those who do will appreciate that one. And just stay there and just don't move. And then in July, if you've got your shit figured out, all right, let's talk. Let's start getting excited. Let's start thinking about the fact that Milwaukee could win a title in basketball. Who knows, in baseball, maybe. My dad thinks the Brewers are the best record in baseball after June. Or no, he said after August. I think he said after August, the Brewers are the best record in baseball, which was very spicy, um, but I appreciate it. Um, then we'll get a World Series, and then we'll get a Super Bowl. And we the Wisconsin, which I fucking, huh, I hate that term. More, I hate that term about right there with State Classic. Like, that's a great, like, middle of summer show where I just go through all these terms I fucking hate. Wisconsin's bad. But literally, it will be Titletown, Wisconsin. It won't just be Titletown, USA, Green Bay. 
It will be Title Town, Wisconsin. And we will have all the titles. And that, to me, is when Green Bay can rejoin the party. When you have your shit figured out, when you figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, we can really start diving into this season. But until then, we don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen right now at quarterback. We can assume things, but when we assume things, that just leads to something else happening. So until we know Aaron Rodgers is back, I can't I can't give you my full endorsement on the Green Bay Packers this season. Not, yeah, we'll say, we'll call it that. We'll call it an endorsement. Well, that works. It's late. It's Friday. You guys are ready to get out of here. You're ready to turn it off or move on to another podcast, which is okay. I hope you're listening to a bunch. But I hope you listen to ours first. And that does it for this week. Like I said, Nets, Bucks reaction probably Sunday afternoon at the earliest and at the latest Monday morning. But I wanted to be there for your commute. I'm going to try real hard to work on getting you guys the content early again. I know I've been a little bit delayed at times. Partly it's due to the fact that I've been working out in the morning full time. I used to kind of just be when it made sense and on weigh-in days. Now it's every day. And so sometimes I get done taping the podcast. I'm like, fuck, I got to edit this thing still. And I don't have time to edit. Well, I'm going to try to make a better effort to do do some of the podcast early so then I don't have to do everything right away in the morning. So that does it for today. We'll be back, um, like I said, Sunday, Monday, and uh, talk to you guys then. All right, see you. Bye.